everybody in your normal circle and your close circle will be a naysayer or a warner, right? They say, oh, no, I don't think you should. It doesn't feel safe. Everybody's going to tell you that. My mom told me that. All my friends and family told me that. Everyone was so worried about us. Welcome back to Women Creating Wealth. Today, I'm so excited today because we have Stephanie Betters with us. And Stephanie, you're going to just love her. She's a marvel. She's got all kinds of balls in the air, lots of hats, you know, as I do, which is something that I think is fun and something I admire in other people. Stephanie is the co-founder of Better Path Homes, which is a single family residential wholesaling and new build company in Charlotte, North Carolina. She's also the founder of Left Main, which is a CRM for real estate investors, which she partnered with Salesforce on. If you're not familiar with Salesforce, they're a big CRM that we use a lot in the real estate industry. And she's also the founder of Social Media REI, which is a Facebook marketing company that specializes in finding motivated sellers. So you can see how sort of these different businesses complement each other. She recently retired as a cardiothoracic surgery nurse practitioner. She believes that her background in medicine has been the key to her success in the business arena, which I would definitely give a lot of credence to that. She feels like everything boils down to taking care of people and helping to solve their problems. And that is Stephanie's favorite thing to do, which is taking care of people and helping them solve problems. She is the proud wife to Zachary Betters, who is also a co-founder of Better Path Homes and an even prouder mother to their three beautiful children. The Betters family enjoys being outside together, traveling, reading, running, and the company of close friends and family. Stephanie, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much. So tell us a little bit, like how did this all begin? What was the what was the stepping stone for all of these exciting endeavors? Very accidentally, you know, really kind of goes back to college. My husband and I met in undergrad and I was just really excited to be a nurse and to get into medicine. And, you know, him and I fell madly in love, love at first sight. And mm -hmm. we ended up getting married right after undergrad. So very young, I was 21 on our wedding day, which doesn't tend to happen these days much. And I was just really excited to get out in the hospital and start working and then just, you know, be married. But got a, like a little bit of a harsh sense of reality. I started working as a nurse and I'll shoot, I should have gone to medical school. What am I doing? <laughs> Although I love, <laughs> love, I love being a nurse. I was just so much more enamored with the medical philosophy side and, 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 and chemistry side than I was the delivery of care. Although mm -hmm. both extremely important. I just found myself really interested in that. Um, but now here I was and I was married and I wanted to have babies and I just didn't know what to do. So I went back to school to be a nurse practitioner. And kind of around this time, my husband and I were trying to settle down and buy a house. And we were just out of college, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt, um, you know, young professionals, what, what, like, what were we going to do? And this was in 2007. And my husband was like, well, there's these TV shows where people buy foreclosed houses. And then it just like kind of all works out. <laughs> he uh, convinced me to buy this foreclosed house and it was a mess. We had to actually break in before we bought it to paint over mold. And it was like a nightmare. We lived in this thing. We flipped it and we got out just before the crash, like by the skin of our teeth. And then literally two weeks later, um, the market crashed crashed. And then, you know, I think we went to grad school. Uh, he went to school to be a PA, physician assistant, and then I went to school to be a nurse practitioner. And we were just kind of trying to figure out what to do next. You know, um, we had made out really well in that house. And, um, you know, he was like, let's do that again. Let's do more real estate investing. And I was like, well, okay, I can see how this is going to work, but let's finish grad school. And I don't ever want to live in a house like that anymore. Like I don't <laughs> do it again, but I want to live through it again because I had PTSD from like all the sheetrock. And with the first couple of years of marriage, we had no doors in the house. 
because we were refinishing doors. Like, oh, come down the hall. I'm in the bathroom. Just, yeah, so there was no mystery. But anyway, the romance is gone officially. <laughs> yeah, got to know each other real well. So anyway, we grad. Then like fast forward, we graduate grad school. I'd had a baby by now. We had our firstborn while we were in grad school, and we were trying to figure out what to do next and where to move. I, we were we went to school in Long Island, and our family was kind of all over the U.S. and they were kind of unstable. My mom was looking to retire. His mom was looking to move somewhere warmer potentially. And it was just kind of all up in the air. So we picked Charlotte, North Carolina because of the real estate market specifically. Uh, we looked at Jacksonville and the Raleigh, Durham area. And we really felt like Charlotte followed those two markets. Um, so we're like, oh, this is kind of a little bit of an unfair advantage. We can kind of predict what's going on here. And it was great you know, great weather, great for our medical careers. So we just, we started working in the hospital, got my dream job working heart heart surgery. And the whole plan was really to, to start a real estate company to buy rentals and have long-term wealth, right? Kind of a, a similar story for all of us. It took me several years to feel comfortable jumping back in. Cause again, we had just landed our careers. We worked so hard <laughs> for, we had all this debt. I was very risk adverse at that time. We had had a couple more children now, like now we had three children by 2014. And, you know, this was his dream. And I felt really bad because I was like, I'm crushing my husband's dreams. I know he wants to do this, but I'm just not on board yet. And I was just, I had a lot of fear. And so what we decided to do was kind of take a bet on ourselves. If the market does what we think it's going to do here, then the house that we purchased will appreciate value. And then we'll have, you know, $20,000 to play with. Um, so we bought that house in 2012. And then 2014 was that, was that year. And it did go up in value, just like we thought it was going to. And we were able to take out a home equity line of credit for about $20,000. <laughs> and at the time, I was like, this is massive amount of money. Are we gonna <laughs> but I was like, no, $20,000, like worst case scenario, we still have equity in our house. And I did all this like risk stratification, right? I'm like, we were <laughs> thought this was going to happen. And it happened. And uh, so we started looking for properties to buy as rentals and took about 100 offers and then we got two offers accepted right away well shoot two houses two offers just got accepted what do we do now so one of them we we got conventional financing on and turned it into a rental and the other one we decided to flip um and we were Zach, my husband, ended up raising private money just by talking about real estate while like stitching someone's head in urgent care. Oh, and he's like, oh, I'm a private money lender. Oh, and he's like, oh, I've got a deal. And we put together our first lender. Very long story short, we found out very quickly it's hard to find a property off market or on market that's a deal. So we started marketing off market. Um, try and we sent out letters and trying to find good deals that way. And um, that year we did 11. And by the end of the year, our crews to flip were very busy. Um, and things were sitting and budgets and timelines were all blown. And we learned about wholesaling. Then I like to say my husband created a monster because then I got it like this really there's a system here. There is a process here. I like this. I can, we can make some predictions, we can measure, and then we can, you know, make some moves again. And our roles kind of shifted a little bit where he, you know, he was the big dreamer, like wanted to jump off a cliff and I was very risk adverse. Then once I started understanding how business works like this, I felt a lot more risk tolerant. You know, I kind of really just dove into systems and processes and building, building this business. Um, and I learned you know, over those years that a lot of the problems that we had, other people had too. And so if I could start solving them, other people wanted the, that solution also. And very organically and very naturally didn't feel very salesy, you know, but people are like, well, how are you finding deals? Well, let me show you how. Well, can you, and then they would say, well, can you just do it for me? Pay me, I will. 
And then they're like, okay, I will. So then a couple other of these spinoff companies came out of solving those problems, you know, serving other people too, not just, not just our business. Yeah. And that, that's actually, I think maybe the definition of entrepreneurship, yeah. like somebody might run into a problem and then solve it and then just go on with their life. Right. But, but you saw a business opportunity and said, right. And also it's a business opportunity, but it's also an opportunity for you to help people. So it all just sort of organically matched with your personality. I just want to highlight talking about systems and procedures and things like that, because people who are successful in real estate, that's exactly what they do. They, they get the systems. They get, they're not just, yes, there is a time in every cycle where you can just be a complete idiot and still make money. That's definitely happens. But then when things start to tighten up, everything isn't as free flowing and the market's not making, you know, these monumental jumps, it's much more, it, then it's the people who get it. Then it's the people who understand there are, the market is not always going to go up. And then there are people, those, when people who are actually going to run the numbers and see if they work and see, is this a deal that we want? Instead of just saying, oh, foreclosure, I'm going to buy it right now. And it's going to be great. You know, I laughed when I was hearing <laughs> like not having doors and stuff like that. I remember doing dishes in the bathtub because the kitchen was torn apart and, you know, all kinds yeah. of fun stuff of living in a house that you're working on. It's very, very interesting. But throughout that, now that you've sort of got that mojo going and you've got a system chugging along, what would you say now is your favorite piece of the business? Definitely the systems piece as far as the, the CRM. That, mm -hmm. that to me, that's really become our lifeline. You know, it's the center of truth for everything happening in our business. You know, a, a central location for all of our employees to work. We can talk without having to talk just by updating things and and integrating with all of our marketing channels and our emails and our calendars and, and things like that. Um, I've very much fallen in love with that. That for me feels like the chess game. You know, I, I like data. Um, I like interpreting data. And and before, you know, using Left Main, our, our CRM system, you know, I was very much used to interpreting data. Like that was what medicine was, right? Like you just get lab values and you see the vital signs and you make decisions based on data. And that was the most, that was the scariest thing for me when we were first putting our business together is that I didn't have data. Like yeah. everything felt so like, oh, I don't know, we just, <laughs> like this is what I think it is, right? And we had no feedback systems. And that was honestly why I felt so risk adverse because I just felt like I didn't have anything to hang my hat on or enough information to make an educated decision. And I don't need a hundred percent certainty, but I needed to feel like I could make a decision based on something other than- yeah in the boats and just do the things right <laughs> that's what all the education was like just take massive action it don't work like that right. <laughs> you know? like i need to be calculated a little bit i don't have to be perfect but anyway <laughs> so I've, I've really fallen in love with that and that's turned into things like oh what can we automate what can what can ai do for us and you know how do we make things repeatable and predictable so yeah. I don't know. I've, I've just kind of completely fallen into the nerd zone and <laughs> yeah. And that, and it's so smart. And I think that's one of the places where women excel in this, in this, you know, thing, guys, I think are more like, oh, it just feels right. And I can trust my gut, you know, it's like, yeah. And maybe, you know, of course your gut is reacting to things that, you know, on a subconscious basis, but it's so much nicer when you can put that down on paper because your gut is not always right. It's funny that you say that because I feel like there's such this self-awareness with being an entrepreneur. Like I've never felt more self-aware about my my failures or my my weeks my weaknesses. 
And something that came up really for me to just feel very aware of was how I made decisions. So my initial reaction, and this actually goes back to like our premarital counseling, which was really funny to tie this back into to, uh, business, but uh, we were sitting in premarital counseling and talking about how people respond to pressure or problems, right? And uh, my pastor at the time said, everybody does the same things, just in different order. You think first, feel first, or act first. And then what do you do next, like after that initial yeah. reaction? And my natural response is to feel first, like, does that feel right? Do, you know, <laughs> and then to think, and then, no, sorry, I feel, I act, and then I think. So I like, <laughs> ruminate, like, right, double check myself. And so I've had to kind of reorder how I do things now. So it feels a little bit more healthy. <laughs> so now like I let myself feel it, right? Like a problem hits me and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have my my initial reaction. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to think next. And I'm going to listen. I'm going to interpret. I'm going to measure. And then I'm going to act. <laughs> and then I don't have to rethink things. But I think that was a really kind of cool offshoot lesson that I had to relearn like I learned with marriage but then came back for business is just the order in which you make a make a move and to not let the emotions take complete control of you because it's so yeah. scary you know yeah and actually as a real estate agent I see that a lot where people are just they're so anxious and excited to do their first transaction that they just don't care you know, I just want to, you know, please just let me buy this place. I just really, I'm like, it's not, you know, like, let's look at the, let's look at our priorities again. Let's, and it's hard to rein them in because they just are so, they just want to act. They just want to act. I'm like, no, let's think. I feel better in the end because otherwise, if I just act before I think, then I just think after I act. No, you, yeah. you can't cut that out, right? That just happens. You have to do all three. After the act, then I just like rethink, what did I say? I should have said this or I should. You just, then that's a whole big recipe for, you know, re wishing you'd done everything differently and regrets and yeah. buyer's remorse and the whole thing when you are thinking at the end. <laughs> and, and burnout too, right? I mean, yeah. burnout is real. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, you, you made the correlation between your marriage counseling or your pre-marriage pre counseling and your, and your business, because I just, um, long story, but I just hosted a speed dating event at my co-working space last oh. week. And the person there, who's the love coach, she was talking about the love languages. And when she started talking about that, I thought, wow, I would really like to have that for people who work for me. Yeah. Right. I would like to understand what makes them feel validated, what makes them feel good and honored and, and valued. And so I asked them to take the, the love test, the languages of love test. But it, there are so many parallels, right, between relationships and and work and especially entrepreneurship. It's relationships at every level. We really yeah. boil it down, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's funny when you were talking about your software and it's called Left Main. But I thought it should be maybe left brain, right? Because it allows you to bring that logical component in. Oh, that's cute. No one's ever said that before. <laughs> um, it's actually named after your left main coronary artery. You know, tying that back to heart surgery. Uh, that's why it's called that because your left main is your lifeline. So now how do you, What what is your, um, how do I want to say this? When, if, when someone when you meet someone new, when someone comes in contact with you, are you offering them to help, offering to help them with each of these aspects? Or do you have specific things that you uh, help people with or that where people lean on you in different areas? That's, a, that's an interesting question because I, I feel like my first blush with when I meet people is really not to be a service provider. Um, that part still does feel a little bit strange because I'm not a salesperson um, at all. <laughs> I just, I just like helping people. Right. So yeah. 
um, especially especially women. I just want to just plug in and just hear how what they're doing and how I can help um, before ever having you know to introduce them to a product. And honestly, my team does a lot of that now. I find myself having more like leadership discussions and just business structure discussions, um, things like that. Um, Left Main is a business operating system in the end. I mean, it really does take care of you from marketing to transaction to pro property management, project management. Um, and that, cause that's kind of how my brain works. And so that's kind of how the whole thing was built. Um, but I honestly just find myself just trying to connect with other entrepreneurs and networking and creating opportunities for all of us. Uh, that I think is the, my, my favorite thing to do, you know? Yeah, I am. Um... I think the best quote unquote salespeople are people who that's just, they just want to help. They just want to serve people. And like, I feel like I have a great, you know, what, what we use is fantastic for us and you would love it, you know, but not because I want to make, you know, $15 commission off of you. Right. Because, but because I, I legitimately want to help you. And, and this is a product that I know will do that. And, and you know, honestly, I, I feel so. And then one of the reasons why I was excited to meet you and and be on your podcast is, you know, this, the heart for women too. And, um, just showing that it's possible. I think we classically underestimate what we're able to do. I think we have to be just so certain before we take a first step forward. And I felt that same way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that, um, women deal with fear, with fear in a different way than men. And, um, I think both are of course, complementary if we can work it out. <laughs> <laughs> my spouse, you know, I know what that's like. Um, but I think that, um, for us, the solution for fear is really just kind of that, that, that mind control. And, uh, and I guess for men as well, but I, I feel that our, the way we approach fear and the way we approach problems is so multifaceted and overwhelming a lot of times for men too, right? Like we just overwhelm yeah. them with all the spider web of how things are connected to each other. <laughs> the triangulation of how this is going to affect whatever, right? right. So we can kind of defeat ourselves with that way of thinking, you know, because we're triangulating. So I think it makes us beautiful and complex and very emotionally intelligent creatures, but it also can kind of have a double-edged sword and prevent us from making a move because we're so afraid of that. Um, so anyway, I just, I feel so passionate about um, just, just trying to just educate women that you don't have to, you don't have to get stuck in that triangulation, you know, and, and um, thinking about things a little bit differently and that there are, there is data that you can get to help you feel comfortable about just taking yeah. one more step. Right. And you don't have to know 17 steps ahead. You just need to know one or two steps. Right. And yeah. Or, you know, what you're way down the path. Yeah, definitely. I mean, fear obviously serves a purpose for us, right. It keeps us from, you know, burning up and, you know, touching fire and it keeps us from doing really stupid things, but it, there is a point at which you can mitigate that fear with data, as you're saying, with understanding, with, with getting to the bottom of how this thing works. And, you know, why should I expect that if I buy this property, that it's going to be worth more when I'm done with it after, even after I invest all this money in it and where, you know, where are the metrics and being able to get to the bottom of that. Yeah. And what's your, what's your goalpost? How do you know if you're right? Right. And the goalpost can't be, oh, I made a million dollars in a year and, and that's a 20 year picture from now. Just like, how do I know? You know, how can I measure if I was correct? And then that feedback loop is so positively reinforcing. And you're like, oh, I did it. I predicted correctly. This is yes. what I was going to measure, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That, and that's it. it. It's not, 
you know, when, when you think about investing in real estate, it's not a question of, oh, just put your logic aside and just dive into this thing and you're going to love it. I promise, right? It's not like that. It doesn't have to be like that. So here's a question. Do you think that you would have ever got involved in real estate investing if it weren't for your husband? No, <laughs> he was 100% the catalyst here. I probably, honestly, I probably would have just gone to med school. Um, and gone down this very academic path. Um, and honestly, that's comforting for me. Like I like if then scenarios, right? And that you get that in academia. Um, yeah. Just it's hard when you're out of that to do that in the real world. But no, I don't think so. He definitely opened my mind to that and, and showed the way for both of us. Um, and he's 100% the catalyst for that. Um, and I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful that I have a partner who can challenge me and can also be patient enough for me to come around. I think he played it really well because he pushed <laughs> enough and like talked about it enough and like kind of gave me like he would just talk about oh I listened to this podcast or I read this book and I kind of like osmosis got his some of the education that he was getting and he played it really well so that like I just he kind of just like like he, there's two different types of uh, hunters there's trappers and there's like people who go out and hunt right both eat very well and he kind of was a trapper right like let me show you all <laughs> I let me down the path. <laughs> very, very happily and willingly, and thankfully to both of our benefit. Yeah. But by the same token, do you think, I mean, I'm just wondering, like, maybe he would have just, do you think that you'd both be in the same place if you weren't, if he had just done this on his own, do you think you'd be as far along as you are? No, I think that, I think that I brought a lot to the table there with um, organization and systems and materializing that vision. You know, I think if you can't lead your spouse in that way, like if he can't inspire me, who else is he? Like, how can you inspire a team? Right. I was very inspired by his vision for our family and felt very inspired to put it together and make an action plan. And so I needed him for that big vision and that scary thing that totally got me out of my comfort zone. And he needed me to come up with the, the, to build the car to get us across country. Right. He needed me for that piece is very much a good yin and yang. Um, and then <laughs> You know, then I found other opportunity too, you know, that I kind of took that he didn't start, right? Like the marketing company and the software company, those were all offshoots uh, from our original like mother company, right? Mm -hmm. um, that I don't think he could ever have jumped up. So we, we very much complement each other. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> and your spouse and then, you know, can be your business partner. I think that was a lesson is, you know, it's, you don't have to go at it alone and find somebody with complementary features and characteristics so that you can have that yin and yang approach, you know? Yeah. And it doesn't have to be your spouse. I mean, I know women who invest with different men, right? They have a spouse, but their investment partner is another guy, you know? I mean, one person in particular who I'm thinking of, she's invested with a guy who she dated like years and years and years ago, but they've been invested together for Oh God, I don't even know, maybe 30 years, 40 years. And yet <laughs> they haven't dated for probably 45 years, you know? So it's kind of, yeah. kind of fun and interesting and how successful they've been just because they complement each other. Exactly. As you said, one's more sort of cowboy and the other one is much more logical and it works all, very nicely. We all need a little bit of a catalyst. And I think we get that at different points in our life where we just go a different way than when we're, we've been taught to go. I was very much on the college education path. Like that was what I knew for my parents. And that's what I felt where I felt safe. And I think my catalyst came from my husband, but it could have come from somebody I went to grade school with. I just planted that little seed in your head about 
oh, maybe a different way of doing things, you know, that I think that we can be that for each other too, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be a man who gives you these things. It could be any, any person who just gets you thinking, even if it's not someone who you've met in person yet, right? A podcast or something like that, that you're listening to. Maybe you're listening right now and you're thinking, Hey, you know what? Gosh, darn it. I can do this thing. If there's data, I can figure it out. <laughs> so Stephanie, what do you tell people or what would you tell people who are sort of in that analysis place where they're just like, I just don't know. It just feels like a huge leap off a cliff. And I just don't know how I can feel good about it and confident about it. I think my best advice would be to distill it down into a really small step. Because again, we, as women, we have these beautiful complex brains that try to see 20 years ahead and all the inner interlockings and our families and our children or our career. You know, we try to make all the connections immediately and it's just not feasible or like reality. So, you know, if you have this call that you want to start your own company or you want to start, you know, start investing in real estate or have your own portfolio, how can you distill that down to like the zero to one action? Like all you need to do is make, feel comfortable making one move. And if that's, I want to be able to make an offer on a property, right? Like maybe just try to distill it down as much as you can. Okay. I'm going to make an offer on a property this month. So then what do you need to make that one decision and make it a lot simpler? You don't have to figure out even where you're going to get the money first, right? You don't even have to figure out what your family's going to say or think or where you're going to live. Like you don't even have to go down all those paths, Yeah. just one thing at a time. And the, the universe like will come up to rise you. Like they come, it, it rises up to you. I mean, like it happens. Yeah. It's almost, it's almost just difficult to articulate how just one step can materialize the resources that you need once you're that step closer. But if you're inside your door, like trying to figure out how to get 20, 30 steps, a hundred steps ahead, like nothing ever comes, to, like no, right. the universe does not accommodate that. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's this idea that, you know, your headlights can only see 20 feet into the distance, but that's okay. You know, just stay on the road and you'll end up where you're supposed to end up. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's an excellent point because you can, I mean, analysis paralysis is definitely a thing. And so is law of attraction. But, and for that reason too, I would say what you sort of alluded to, you don't have to tell every single person, you know, what you're thinking about doing, right? You don't have to get the the vast majority. You don't have to get the consensus that everybody, you know, agrees with what you're going to do, because there are a lot of people who are afraid. There are a lot. I mean, if you want to take somebody's advice, take the advice of someone who succeeded at it before, right? Not some random neighbor <laughs> who's never left their front door, right? I mean, and you'll get, I mean, everybody, everybody in your normal circle and your close circle will be a naysayer or a warner, right? They say, oh, no, I don't think you should. It doesn't feel safe. Everybody's going to tell you that. My mom told me that. All my friends and family told me that. Everyone was so worried about us, right? And they, and they do it from a place of truly caring. They're not yes. trying to detrimental but if you want to break out of your own mold then you've got to go find different people too or you can't listen to them and you got to like shut them out for a little bit until you get your feet underneath you yeah um, and I felt that way in so many facets of my life not just business but how about getting married at 21 years old like no one <laughs> thought that was a good idea well they are 18 years later you know it is you can't always listen to what everybody has to say and and you can hear what they say in a in a protective way, you know, like, for example, you listen to your, what your mother has to say, but you don't necessarily have to do everything that they say. And I say that now because I want my children to listen to me in the future. <laughs> they may not do what I ask them to do. I do hear that the hope that they hear me too. So 
Um, but we, we're here to forge our own path too. And, and you will never go anywhere new if you're surrounded by the same people who don't want to go there too. Exactly. And that, and that's the, the thing, right? You're not going to, you don't need to argue with people. You don't need to convince them that what you're doing is a good idea. You just have to say, thank you. I understand your concern about me. I love you too. And then just go do your thing. Right? I'll keep you posted. I'll let you know how it goes. Exactly. I love that. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> So Stephanie, I love talking to you. You're just so joyful and happy and and I have and love hearing about your story. Um, but of course, you know, you have other things to do as as our listeners probably do too. Uh, what do you wish I would have asked you that I, we haven't touched on yet? What would you like to make sure that people know? I just want I just want people to know that they can do it and you don't even have to have the experience you think you need to do what you want to do. I came from a completely different background. Um, no meta, no uh, business experience whatsoever, no experience coding or creating technology or marketing. And I still was able to be successful in those fields. Um, you have what it takes inside of you. And I think if you distill down your decisions into just one little step at a time, you find yourself five years forward, having made significant progress in places you never thought you would go. Um, so I think that, I think that's my main message. I want people to hear is that you have what you need. And yeah. you don't need anything else. You have everything you need to do what you need to do. I want to also echo what you said before, that once you make your decision and you take a step in that direction, the universe will just bring in these resources that you never knew existed. And it's like magic. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Stephanie, how can people reach out to you if they want to learn more about your software, or if they just want to connect with you and say, thanks for being on the show? <laughs> Well, I'm on all the social media things. Um, at Steph Betters is my Instagram, and I'm on Facebook, Stephanie Betters. You can email me, Stephanie at leftmainrei.com. Um, but yeah, I would love to hear from you guys and hear where you're at in your journey. And if you need, if you need a pep talk, email me. I'm happy to give you one. <laughs> perfect, perfect. And we'll put all that into the links into the yeah, show notes for you, so you don't have to try to write it down while you're driving. Stephanie, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been a real, a real pleasure talking with you. Thank you for having me. And thank you, listener, for listening. I want you to think who needs to hear from Stephanie right now, because I bet you can come up with two or three people at least who need to hear her message and her positivity and her great advice. So please forward this episode to them so that they can benefit as you have. And be sure to join us next week 